Welcome to the EDM Producer Podcast. This is the show where we interview successful electronic music producers from around the world, and we ask them all kinds of stuff, like what they're doing in the studio, how they're marketing their music, you know, how they're making their music. The whole goal of the show is to help you guys out there become better musicians yourself and get your music out there and get it heard. Now, before I introduce our guests, I just want to make everybody aware that we've included three new shows on our website at edmr.com. It's EDMMR. We have the plug-in podcast, the mastering show, and the sound design show. It's seamless. So if you guys haven't checked those out, head on over there and check them out as well. Now, we always have killer producers on the show, and this show is no different. London Nebel is joining us today. I believe he's calling us from Berlin, but I got to check with him about that. Anyway, um, he is, does a lot of really cool bass music. Uh, I love the sound design that he uses in his songs. It's, it's rich, it's deep, and uh, we're going to get geeky and get into some of the stuff that he does in the studio. But anyway, Daniel, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Steve. Thanks you for doing? the invitation, man. It's good to be here, man. Are you calling us from Berlin? Yeah, I'm calling from Berlin, yeah. What's it like out there? Oh, it's cold and rainy at the moment. It's winter, <laughs> deepest winter, man. <laughs> really? Yeah, but it's okay. It's uh, production time, you know. Winter is like, there's no no much reason to go outside, so you can spend a lot of time in front of your computer and make some weird sounds. That's why all those cool companies are from Germany. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Anyway, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you're doing these days? Yeah, I'm. Um, um, I have this uh, like I'm doing dubstep, uh, like mainly. Yeah, um, I'm producing other music as well, but uh, the the focus is on dubstep music with my London Nebel project. Um, I'm doing this since around like 2011. It actually started as a hip-hop pro hip project because I um, started to produce uh, hip-hop first and then it turned into a dubstep project. So, yeah, and that's what I'm doing till date. It started out as hip-hop and turned into dubstep. How'd that happen? Yeah. yeah. Like, um, yeah, we, we, um, like we used to be two persons on London Able. Okay. And... Um, yeah, we were a producer team who started with hip hop and mixed it with influences from the from the UK music scene, like especially the grime scene, and make it a bit grimy, grimy hip hop. Yeah, and um, yeah, after a while, people asked ask if we can like produce some dubstep and make some shows of it because we have the talent, and then we like started it, and after a while, it turned into a dubstep project and. Yeah, we still like we we still produced some hip hop for other persons, but not uh, releasing by ourselves. And but yeah, since I would say like since two years, it's a like one hundred percent dubstep project. I see. Do you like doing dubstep better? Oh, it's a challenge every time, and that's what I love about it. Yeah, you're right. It is. I mean, it's it's such a different type of music as far as traditional music that you always have to create something for like, there, there's like probably so much more work goes into every verse and every drop than. Yeah. True. Music. Yeah. Cool. So is it just you now? Yeah. Since, uh, one and a half years, it's just me now. Got it. Yeah, my partner had to stop, uh, due to uh, personal reasons. I understand. It happens. Yeah. It happens. Well, cool. I'm glad you're continuing on. And, um, let me ask you this. Uh, how did you originally get into this type of music? What possessed you to start like making dubstep with your doll or even hip hop? 
Um, um, yeah, in the first place, um, it was that like a, f- a friend of mine gave me a FL studio. <laughs> that is the st- <laughs> that is how every story begins. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like um, back in 2004. Okay, and. Like, so back when I was a kid and then I just like made all the time, like hobby wise, some beats here, some beats there. And yeah. And around 2008, it turned into, wow. Then I heard my first like, uh, modern music production, like dubstep, like modern sounding hip hop and crime and all these nice synthesizers. And it was like, I was so fascinated by it. And before I never never heard re- i was never into electronic music and that was like the door opener for my for me to to get into all this electronic music isn't it exciting when something comes across your path that totally blows your mind like that yeah true true and like totally changes the course of your life right yeah right it did <laughs> yeah the same thing happened to me it's it's very powerful stuff well so how how did you start it where did you come from I used to just listen to like plain old rock and pop and I used to play guitar back in like my college days in a band, like alternative rock. And then uh, I got Sirius XM radio for my car in Uh in like 2010 or so. And um, there's some electronic stations. And as I'm like cycling through the, the stations, I stopped at one of the electronic ones and I heard like, I can't remember what it was. I think it was like Avicii levels or something. Mm-hmm. And I just became interested. And I just kept that station on since that point and never changed it <laughs> since that point. And I just, I just fell in love with the type of music. Awesome. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, remember the first time I heard Skrillex, I was driving in my car and it was, it was nighttime and I, I just got scared because of all the sounds that were coming out. They're like, <laughs> it's frightening. It was frightening for the first time. Anyway. Um, what kind of software are you using? What's your doll that you're using these days? Yeah, uh, like I told you, uh, first I started with FL Studio. Like back then, it, it was called Fruity Loops, mm-hmm. and now it's FL Studio. Yeah. So um, and uh, around two thousand nine, I switched to Cubase. You're on Cubase. I'm on Cubase. Yes. Cool, uh, man. Very cool. That's, that's my software. That's uh, a- I I, tr- I tried Ableton Live too, but uh, to be honest, I didn't like it. Um, and Cubase is my my uh, DAW of choice. Awesome. Not too many people are using it, but I think it's a killer DAW. Um, there's yeah, something very there's elegant something about it. There are some. There are some people like uh, it's it's interesting. Like good people use it. Like uh, Rob of Dutch and Fusky. He 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 showed me lots of stuff in in Cubase. I learned a lot of him. Or um, Funcase uses it as, as well. Oh yeah, I think it's a great doll, and I think yeah. more people should use it. Um, a lot of Psytrance people who I've interviewed, they're always on Cubase. Psytrance guys. Oh, right. but um, and the last guest I interviewed, uh, Pablo Nouvelle, he was on Cubase four. Are you at least on the latest version? <laughs> Not on eight. I'm on seven. You're on but seven. I, 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 I already got the new mixer. That's the most important thing. That yeah. was the biggest. The biggest uh, the biggest uh, update from six to seven or eight. The mixer is so awesome on QS now. Okay, so you like the new mixer? Yeah, a lot. Do you use the like the channel strips on it and those effects? Yes, yes, and uh, like I love this on the inserts. This uh, drag and drop uh, option, it's awesome. The so drag and drop function is really like very important. Or you can, yeah, it got a lot of good things on the new mixer. Yeah. So what are you able to do? Just drag and drop effects right into it? 
yeah, from the channel strips, like when you have the mixer in front of you, you can just drag and drop from one channel to another channel, all your inserts and don't have to copy paste or something. Right. Right. And uh, you can, you can also like group your channels very easy with the two clicks and don't have to root every single channel and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what did it for me because I'm on Studio One. It was the whole drag and drop. Oh, Studio One is like, isn't it like almost the same like Cubase from the like the workflow? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, I, I not, but I've used both and I, I have the latest Cubase and uh, I like Studio One better just for the uh -huh. workflow. But mm -hmm. I, it's kind of the same because the guy I think who created Cubase, he mm -hmm. helped launch Studio One as well. So it's all kind of from the same mind. Yeah. Yeah, they're, that's a fun doll. Except you have to have a dongle. It's the only doll, or besides Pro Tools, where you need a dongle these days. Oh yeah, true. And it's a bit like when you're on the road. It's a bit annoying because you always have to decide between uh, external hard drive, uh, dongle, and your mouse. <laughs> if, you, if, if you don't get your uh, USB hub with you. Right. Right. <laughs> cool. Well, can you tell us about how you write a song in Cubase? What, what's your workflow like? Um. Like. Usually I would answer every time different, but in the last, I would say like the last half a year, I started to um, really have like a, um, like every time I start a song, I start with the intro and just build the intro first before I go to the drop. Um, that's what I, what I do since half a year, like straight without exceptions. <laughs> I see. I see. Um, How do you start to craft your info, your intro? What? What do you do to make that? Um, yeah, most of the times I start with a with some some melodies, some chords uh, to get a vibe. Maybe maybe a vocal where I can work around or something. But most of the times it's it's a it's a pad or or a lead sound I start first with to get any any nice going on. I see. And on clicks, and after that I go to the drums. And then I make a breakdown, build up, and like oh, oh, most of the times, this all takes me like half a day or a whole day just to get an idea to for for a song because and it, it was a, like there was a time when when it was just all about the drops for me, and then I started to do the drop first and make a simple intro. Like it's co very common in the, like for example, rhythm dubstep scene, where you just have this hi-hat, um, maybe a snare in the intro and any rise effects. And after that, it goes straight into the, uh, to the drop because when you play it live, it's all about the drop. But I got a bit tired of it, so I wanted to write songs again. So you can have a nice drop, but you can also listen to it at home to and have a nice feeling, and not just like uh, have a melody and not just like a hi hat and a snare. Right. Well, how did that go over in the clubs? Your new way of writing songs again? Oh, it's it's awesome. It's good. It's really good. Um, um, you can feel it, especially like on the on the like. Uh, the ladies, the ladies like melodies a lot, <laughs> even guys too, but especially the ladies. And if you have there a melody going on and a kind of like a song structure, it, it gets, an, it's another vibe, you know? And if you mix it with all the straight stuff, uh, then it's a good, there. then you have a good balance in my opinion. That's good. It's good that you discovered that. It's important to please the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <True>. So, um, <laughs> 
I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious what kind of a synthesizer you're using to make your noises. Are you on Serum or are you using Massive? Um, Massive is probably the the thing I spend most time in my life with. Uh, so, um, eighty percent of everything I build in Massive, um, but I discovered uh, Serum too, like everyone else. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a great great synthesizer. Really. Uh, and at the moment, I'm experimenting a lot with it, and there are coming in nice sounds out of it. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm hearing good things about it too. I and mean, one of our other guests said they're really impressed with the clean sounds they get out of it, and that shocked me because I thought it was a, like a dirty synth. But oh no, it's oh, clean as fuck in my opinion. Really? It's really yeah, it's clean. Wow. <laughs> it's, yeah, all this robotic, clean, nice sounds are like you can do this there very well. <laughs> hey, so in Massive, do you make all your own sounds? Yes, yes. Cool. Just every time open massive, click new sound and just go. <laughs> Can you go give us some tips on uh sound creation? To be honest, I like whew, on the sound creation in massive, it's every time something different. I tried every time to go different ways. But um what I started to figure out that sometimes it doesn't have to sound that good and perfect in massive already you just get the wave out of it and then like i work a lot with the inserts like i have often all my inserts full and sometimes <laughs> i just make another group channel to make even more inserts on just this one <laughs> you know uh, and what do you put on them um one of my favorites at the moment to get like really screamy extreme additional frequencies in there is um wow filter oh that yeah that's a good one too okay. i use this one often too but um it's uh in reactor of yeah. native instruments there is uh in the fx there is a uh, there is a there's a like a it's it's a kind of there's a there's a thing that called that's called banana electric or banana electric and um there's a compressor on it, a reverb, and a chorus, and a flanger, and a tube amp. And this thing, if you put this on a synth, on a send effects, on your synth with a send effects, and just give a little bit uh, of it on your on your channel, on your noise, that makes it so, so screamy and wild. That's wow, awesome. Wow, what a great tip. We never got that one before. Yeah, that's that's a good tool. Like, it's for the sounds I'm, I'm using. That that's that's really good. That's awesome. Great. I love when people bring up Reactor. There's so many gems in there that people don't know. Oh, about. It's, it's crazy. Even oh, in Reactor is another good thing. Like um, if you search for some kind of percussion or noise, then you have in Reactor a lot of good option, uh, options with uh, drum drum like drum generators or sound generators, and just like uh record an audio file out of it and cut out whatever you need. That's that's a good thing to get some weird sounds too. Do they come do those drum generators do they come with it or do you have to get them like from the th they come with it. Interesting. They I don't remember a drums drums in what's uh what is it called? Do you remember what the drums are called in there? So it is ah the groove boxes. The go box or new school engine, sign beats. Groove boxes, cool. Yeah, that's a good one too, for example, to get like any cool sounds out of it. Oh man, awesome. Something to check out. I love when I love when you guys bring new toys to play with. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we are here for. Yeah, that's right. 
So do you have uh, any other favorite plugins that you like to use? Mm, I think, like, I just, I, I want to get Nexus. I heard Nexus on a, uh, like, uh, on a friend's home. And I just clicked through the presets and poof, that's awesome. Like, I want to get this one. Um, so that's, at, at the moment, one of the favorites I want to get. Um, and another really good synth is um, Razer, also Native Instruments. I'm, I'm, I'm like 100% Native Instruments. <laughs> I get, I get starting to see that. that. That's my, that's my, yeah, that's, that's my company. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're amazing. They're really taking over these days. Yeah, I made like three years ago, two years ago, three years ago. I made a sound design job for them for the for the homepage. I made a demo song for uh, with uh, with Razor, a drum and bass track. Yeah. Um, and since then they give they gave me like the ultimate bundle, and oh. since then the happiest man alive. Oh like, man, everything I need, and since then everything is good. <laughs> that is amazing. Good job, dude. How did you get that onto to them? Um. A friend of mine, or I just got in touch with uh, Comfort Fit, uh, Boris. Um, he's the um, machine specialist at Native Instruments, mm -hmm. and he 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 listened to my sound and yeah, he offered me like you want to do this for us, and I was like, yeah, man, why not? That's cool. That's so cool. There, yeah. yeah. How close are you to the headquarters there? Uh not that close. I just made like that one job so far, I but see. I'm still still looking for some options to get to make more there because that's exactly like what i'm interested in yeah sounds, you know and then hopefully they'll give you like a machine studio and a one of the new keyboards some to have a machine here yeah, that would be good <laughs> <laughs> cool do you have any cool production tips that uh that you do as far as i don't know things in cubase or it could apply to any doll that might help the guys that are listening with their productions um, yeah, for example, um, when it, I, I, I like to talk about uh, side chaining. Yeah. Um, so, I, like a lot of people do um, the side chaining of their synth or whatever they want to side chain with, um, with uh, like the trigger is the kick or the snare or both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I prefer to make it like a separate track. A separate channel and put a just a clean white noise on it and use this as a trigger make it as short as possible because you have like one linear signal um through a white noise and not like it, a kick goes up and down and up and down and so you have to, your trigger is very clean and linear so you get like a very good signal and can work with that that's that's uh one of yeah Wow, just like a quick sample of white noise, like a just yeah. a psh, like that. A, a straight sample of just like linear white noise, like, psh, and then you cut out just a piece of it, which is very like as linear as possible, and then you ha don't have like any any ups and downs in your wave. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, Never and so it gets like a linear uh, signal. Yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah, so that's for example one of uh, my. Favorite tips or advices I give to people. Um, another one, if you want to make your sounds fat and bright, um, um, you can you can like copy your copy your channel you're working on and or copy it even two times, 
and just delay it and put it to the sides and then it gets like the same kind of uh, like it's, it stays the same sound but it gets wider and a little bit like delayed and fatter so uh, so instead of putting a delay on it you actually copy the track and you just change the timing of it just a snidge just like three to five to six seven milliseconds or something and then you um, pan one to the left and one all the way to like all the so way to the left and right yes wow and you just make it like fat and a little bit like through the through the little delay it it's like it's it gets even fatter ah cool yeah those are awesome tips man thank you <laughs> you're welcome <man. laughs> do you got any good tips for me since we're talking <laughs> oh man you know I, I haven't been producing much lately i <laughs> yeah, but let me let me think. Yeah, use Studio, try Studio One. That's a great tip. Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah, <laughs> a, f- a friend of mine uses it. He's like he's convinced too. <laughs> it's a good doll. Um, I did run into some pretty cool plugins because um, I do a show called the Plugin Podcast. Yeah, and uh, I'm super impressed with these plugins. You would have never thought. Um, there's a site called Gouda Audio, and uh, it's just a one man show. He's got three plugins there: two drum uh, synthesizers and one just like a polyphonic synthesizer uh-huh. and i love the polyphonic synth they, they, what he does with the oscillators are so freaking cool that i'm just having a ball with the thing and uh it's only like 50 bucks and uh-huh. i it was just on sitting on kvr he did an update one day and i saw it so that's my suggestion what is it what is it what is it called again Gudu? Uh, gouda g-u-d-a g-d-a yeah all right i would definitely check them out noticed <laughs> He gave me a bunch of uh, plugins to give away on the show too. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a license for a uh, kicker and drummer at the end of the show. Oh, nice! Thank and uh, for anybody who's listening, we are going to take a pause in the show and give away that to a lucky person listening as well. So, check one two, test one two. So we might as well take this time now to do the Gouda Audio giveaway of the day. We're giving away a license for the plugin drummer and the plugin kicker. You heard me talk about them a little bit earlier. Awesome plugins. And to enter any of these contests we're having on the show, you just go to edmmr.com, sign up for the hot list. You'll see the form there. It's just name and email address, completely free. We don't spam. We only like, I know everybody says this, but literally, we only like send you stuff that's appropriate that we think you'd like. And it's not very often. And most of the time we're just announcing winners, but you just join the hot list and you're entered into every contest we have on the network. So the winner for today of Drummer and Kicker by Gouda Audio is Steven Asselman. Congratulations. And we'll be sending you a license for Drummer and Kicker. Now back to the show. Anything else in your studio that you you love, either equipment or something that you got going on in a studio that you'd like to talk about? Uh, Like... I like my lights in the studio. I think it's important to get a good atmosphere, uh, to have a good atmosphere to work with. Um, So color lights are good. Like if you can choose today, you want to have red, blue, green, just the mood you're in, or maybe rainbow, you know. Do you have one of those bulbs that you adjust with your iPhone, the color? or? Uh, I got a separate uh, remote. Uh, and you can just change the color of the lights? I can just change the color, yes. <laughs> what color do you have now? <laughs> What's that? What color do you have right now? Green. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's a great tip. So just whatever fits your mood. 
Yeah, true, true. And at the moment, at the moment, it's green mood, so it's all stu studios all green. Wow, that's really <laughs> cool, man. I gotta do that. I gotta get one of them. Yeah, I think that's important to get a good atmosphere for making music. I, I, I know it's possible today to make everywhere music, but for me, it's important to have a good like, like must be like a nice, nice vibe, nice area to, to make yourself a good time. You know. I'm with you 100%. Absolutely. I try to keep my desk and studio as clean as possible, number one. Oh, true. Every time I start making music, I clean my desk. That's one, one of the things I do as well. Really? <laughs> yeah. Damn, that's Just good. Because when you're sitting there eight to 10 hours or something, then, um, yeah, it gets messy. And it, if it was messy before, then you probably can't find your mouse anymore or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're living there, basically, so you have to keep it, keep it clean. Exactly, exactly. It's a great tip. You have to know where your tools are at all times. True. <laughs> How about no, apart from apart from that, like studio? I'm I love my my, my monitors. Uh, I, I'm pretty happy with my monitors. I work on uh, Adam A7X. Oh, nice. Uh, the three-way system with a sub. With a sub. Um, yeah, with a sub. Wow, uh, that's a fantastic setup. Yeah, that's good. The sub was uh, one of the best uh, upgrades I made here in the studio. So, yeah, obviously, like for dubstep, it's essential. It's essential, absolutely. Now, you know, I, I don't have a sub, and the only way I could get the lows is listening to my bass through headphones. So, headphones. Yeah, that that's how it worked for me before as well. Headphones. Now, I've heard subs are hard to set up and get properly put in the room and and everything. Is that is it a tough thing? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I ended up with putting it in the corner of my room. So I had um, not the sweet spot, but close to the sweet spot where my desk is and I can't move my desk in my room. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm happy with it, but I had to, uh, to put myself in the far away in the corner. Interesting. <laughs> Is yeah. there a spot? Is there anywhere online people can learn where, how to set up their subs or how did you learn how to do it? Just wherever it sounded good or? Yeah. Okay. Uh, just where, like, I had a friend here who who was uh, like um, audio technician, audio engineer, but um, he helped me a little bit. But at the end of the day, it was just where it felt right for me. And like, if you get it, it ha doesn't have to be perfect. You know, it it's just about how when you listen like every day on this place, you listen music and you listen to other music there as well. Then you know how it should sound right. when you when you listen long enough. Right. That okay. makes sense. Yeah. Very cool. So you recommend a sub for people? I recommend a sub for people, but I also want to try the sub pack, definitely for sure. That's one of that's on my wish list. What's it called? A sub pack. A sub pack? What's that? Oh that's a um that's kind of you wear it. There's now a, uh, it's all there's already a sub pack too. Um it's like a like a backpack you put on on your body yeah. and you um and it like it transfers the sub to your body without like shaking the walls in your room <laughs> so there's no basically no base in the room just on your body oh my so, god so there's no noise coming out of it there's no noise coming out of it you still got your monitors but for the sub you can like make the sub as loud as possible as intense as possible um like really shaking your whole body and no one else just like one meter next to you would feel anything out of a sub so 
that's the perfect solution for people like me who live like in a apartment with a lot of neighbors. And um, I want to try that. I have no, pr uh, fortunately, I have no problems with my neighbors, but just to make it even more comfortable for them or just to, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, it's like three o'clock in the morning and you want to write a song and you know you can't. It's probably frustrating. Right. I, I can. In my, in my case, it's okay. But I still want to try it because I, I have like, when I moved to Berlin here in this apartment, like uh, after two weeks, I just figured out that I had like two little boys uh, right like under my room uh, who are dubstep fans and they are like down with everything they are like oh cool this baseline is nice oh this place is cool <laughs> and so it was like okay perfect but i still want to try the sub pack for sure yeah that, that's nice that you do that <laughs> that's funny how, how about mastering do you do your own mastering or do you have it sent out um i do my own mastering um, I used I, I sent it out a couple times to uh, Final Tweak in uh, London. They usually do the some stuff for Never Say Die, and uh, or like a lot of other people. But there's Shane. Um, he was like on 2011 or 2012 after we had like the first uh, songs finished. Um, I was like, I had no idea uh, how I could get like dubstep loud and sounding good and um, like how all these other guys do. And then um, I thought it's a good idea to just send it away to a mastering engineer yeah. and yeah. to get back the results and compare it to your results and just listen to it. What's the difference and where you can go and then just like think about it, how you can do that. And that's what I did over the last four years. Like, three times the last time i did it like one year ago and that's a good option to just um like i master everything myself by myself but like once a year or once in one and a half years i just let it master by someone else and compare it and uh, to figure out where i still can go and what's possible or not and try to reach that do you yeah. notice that a big difference in yours whether or when you send it out like do you in the beginning, yes. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, there was a difference. Uh, so it was uh, worth um, <laughs> to do that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it got less and less. And like it's now one year ago since, I'm, uh, since I checked it last, the last time. And yeah, I'm, meanwhile, like I'm really happy with my own sound at the moment. Um, mm. So I doubt that I probably... Uh, to pay for mastering again, you know. Good. So man. You, I found my own sound, and I'm pretty happy with the results. I I don't see a big difference when I play my songs out live between others and this and and my tunes. And so um, at the moment, yeah, it's, I'm I'm happy and it's good with the master. The mastering situation is good. That's great. It's great that you got up to that point. Probably save a lot of money. Oh yeah, you do. And well, can you tell us kind of in a nutshell? what you do for mastering then when you master yourself like what do you use um uh since since four or five months i use isotope six uh-huh plus um sometimes um sometimes i also like when you finished your mastering 
or what you call mastering. I'm still not sure if it's mastering. I just make it loud and clean and <laughs> fat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, because most of the time, the thing is about the master, the mastering thing is um, nowadays, like, especially in the music I do, um, I don't put out an album with like 12 songs or something where each song has to sound the same or get like the same level or the same kind of volume. And when you want to listen to an album that you don't have to um, like uh, change your volume at your uh, computer or whatever. Right. And it's solo songs or it's two, three, four uh, song EPs. Um, and most of the times people or DJs pick out like one or two songs to play out. So at the end of the day, it doesn't make like really sense to pay attention to that every, everything sounds the same level. So for me, this mastering process is just to get it loud for that one song, you know? I see. I see. So, but, but at the end of the day, you get like, you get your, you get your base, your standard level for what you're doing and how loud you make it. And then it kind of sounds all the same anyway, but, right. uh, um, and yeah, sometimes after after the, after the mastering with Isotope, um, I, I put I put a sausage fattener on it, but <laughs> don't don't touch anything. Just put it on there after it, and uh, it makes it just a little bit wider. And uh, but I don't touch anything after that. No, That's, you mean no set? You don't change any settings on it? Just default? Nothing. Just just all on zero. Everything on zero. Oh, gain it's all on zero. On zero. Gain on zero, um, and the other two knobs on zero as well. Wow, that's a cool tip. I, I have to get that sausage fattener. I've been wanting to get that for a while. Oh yeah, that's uh, it's it, it, it got so famous uh, with that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thing. That was awesome. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, mastering is a big question. So thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just isotope. Um, I think a mastering engineer would like would cry if he hears that, but um, uh, yeah, it does work. <laughs> Whatever sounds good, man. That's all. That's all, the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. And is what what's important for me as well. Like I don't make a mix down and uh, a, a bounce the file and just mastering one one stem. Um, I I like to master in the session like that I can still uh, edit the mix and uh, because when you ma when you're mastering you you change some relations as well or some you you recognize oh this is now too loud oh no the hi hat is way too loud and just like put the put the volume down again and just have to be able to to edit the mix as well while you're mastering that's Ooh, right for me as well no I think that's 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 a good way to go because yeah, yeah. if you have to make that one change you're still in the mix. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. great. Awesome, man. All right, let's talk about your career for a second. One of the things I like to ask is, you know, people run into challenges in their music career and a lot of people give up. Have you ran into anything in your career that was maybe a danger of you quitting or the business or something that was just a barrier that was pretty major? And how did you overcome it? Um, yeah, I think it's always like the to find a way, a good balance between, um, especially when you're already like living by your own and have to pay rent and stuff, um, to find a good balance between work and making music. Um, and that can get to a point where you have to make decisions which are like tough to do. And I did, and it paid off. And like um, what? 
just yeah just to quit your job um just like um just put all your work into what you love and um and that's that was music for me and um like, yeah and uh, uh, back in back on the point where i had to make this decision it was like yeah it was really like yeah not really good for my mind like uh, i i was thinking a lot about it and um at the end of the day i made this choice and it yeah it, it was a good choice so i just can um s um just tell everyone if you if you follow everything you want anything you want to do just do it do it do whatever you want wow that's a, it's a great tip it's bold, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty bold i mean you must have that's probably very scary to do that um i mean yeah, at the end of the day, there are <laughs> scarier things than that than, than follow your dreams, you know. But um, <clears throat> and you're able to make enough with your music now. Uh, yeah, since five years, I'm self-employed. Four and a half years. I'm yeah, uh, since four and a half years, I I, I made like. Um, I started. I, I found like next to the DJing and the beat production um, with London Nibble. I. Um, I started to make workshops in schools with um, uh, beat, like beat producing uh, and songwriting, and that was in two thousand nine. Yep, like, and like in schools, like you would go to schools and do this. It's like regularly, every week, once a week. Uh, kids had class with me, like twelve kids every week, and um, it's like. 90 minutes lesson every week and so i started with one class um um at the age of around 12 13 year years old yeah and i i i stopped that because of uh time, like i had no more time i stopped that one one year ago actually this week one year ago i stopped wow. um, so i made this for six years and i ended with uh eight classes um, I had eight classes each week, and um, so I I tried to yeah to make like to have different kinds of incomes, which uh, has something to do with music. You know, I see. Yeah, yeah, like the multiple streams, but all music related. True. Yeah. Exactly. So you're DJing, you're teaching, just whatever you could. Music production, all all that like. Ghost All producing? Did you do any ghost producing? Uh, I, I did my first ghost production last year in September. Yes, <laughs> really. <laughs> just just started it. I got big. It got big. <laughs> was a, was a good success. It was uh, like crazy, actually. <laughs> really, yeah. I, I know you probably can't get into details, but like, what, like crazy how? Um, like how on which like it got signed on a very very big label, um, like. Uh, like really mainstream main stage acts of all the big festivals players and, and that's like okay wow <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> now do you get royalties on that as a ghostwriter or as the person who wrote that uh yeah we um we agreed on um like there there was not like we got a, a payout so it's a one one time thing one time thing okay <laughs> Yeah, that's the bad thing about it. <laughs> but <laughs> still, because we, we didn't expect that at all. Right? How, yeah. How could you? I mean, that's that's tough. good. Good. Good for them. Uh, good for the feeling for us. Money wise, not. <laughs> oh man, it's a shame. 
<laughs> but it still must be pretty satisfying at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was like, okay. Because it was the first time I ever did it. And it was like, okay, that's that's cool. That's possible. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow, first time. That's amazing. Yep. <laughs> How about... um. What's been the most amazing thing that has happened to you thus far in your career? Like something that just blows you, where you're, you're in the moment and you're like, wow, this, I can't believe this is happening to me. This is so awesome. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, there was back in 2012 in the summer where basically not really knew anything about me. Um, I played on a festival in Switzerland. It's, it's called Touch the Air Festival. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, two main stages, one electronic main stage and one hip hop main stage. On the hip hop main stage, there were like headliners like uh, 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 Cypress Hill, Wu Tang, whatever, like really big acts. Okay. Yeah. And um, I, I should play like I was used to play in the. I should play in the in the tent in the night, like any anything around one or two in in one of the four or five tents where the people party in the night. And I was there already on the festival, and I was in the backstage uh, with uh, some other artists talking there, sitting there. And then just the stage manager came to me at around like four p.m. He came like, "Hey, you're London Neville," and I was like, "Yeah." So listen. Redman missed his flight, so you want to play main stage? <laughs> and I was like, wow, no doubt, man. That's cool. And so I played the hip-hop main stage at Redman's slot, 6 p.m., and played one hour dubstep in front of the hip-hop people. Oh. <laughs> and there were like a lot of people back there were like, hearing this for the first time, this kind of music. And uh, that was a very special moment that was... That was cool. <laughs> wow. What did they think about it? Oh, it was so mixed. I think most of the people were just so shocked and couldn't believe what's going on there on the hip-hop main stage. And some people were just freaking out and were like, yeah, cool, that's here. And some people were just discovering a new dimension, I guess. <laughs> that is amazing, man. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that had to be so much fun. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. All right. One of the last questions here. Um, people who write productions out there, a lot of my listeners, they want to know how to get their songs heard and get lots of plays. What have you found is one of the best ways to get your productions heard? Uh, for me, it's SoundCloud, definitely. Um, Just putting it up on SoundCloud? Putting it up on SoundCloud. And if you make good music, it will be heard. Really? For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure if you... And even if you... The thing is, um, if you have um, if you have really good tunes and just like be honest to yourself, are they really good tunes? And when you're on the point, you say these are really good tunes. I think when you send them to ten bigger producers, if they like them, oh no, not even if they like them, five of them will hear to them, uh, will listen to them, and if they like them, three of them will contact you back and then you build your network and then uh yeah it's it grows it takes slow it, like it takes time like never expect to to be from zero to 100 in one year or something right. some do but it's an exception right um but like i think 
if you're making good tunes, they will be heard and everything will take its way. I see. Well, good advice, man. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So tell us uh, where people could find out more about you and hear your music. Yeah. Um, if you want to listen to my new, like all my new music and want to stay up to date, I, um, I think SoundCloud, my SoundCloud uh, page is the best way to do that. Um, I'm not that YouTube guy. So on YouTube, it's very rare that you find new music. There's just uploads from other people who upload some music of mine I already released or some good uh, promoter channels like uh, the Dub Rebellion, JD4D, uh, Wobblecraft, or Dubstep. Um, what was it? Dubstep, uh, Dubstep Net. Uh, no, Dubstepnet is on SoundCloud. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, definitely follow me on SoundCloud. Okay. <laughs> and it's soundcloud.com slash London dash Nebel. Yes, exactly. There you go. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview. It was really, really good information you shared with us. Thank you, man. It was good uh, speaking to you. It was a nice conversation, man. Yeah, I had fun. And um, too. <laughs> I hope everybody else listening did as well. And uh, don't forget, guys, head on over to edmer.com and listen to all the shows we got there. We have over 100 EDM producer podcasts, and um, we got the Mastering Show and all those other good things. Plus, if you sign up for the EDMer hot list, which is just name and email address, you're entered into all of our contests, and we give stuff away like all the time, like on almost every show these days. So uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. And that is going to be it for the show for today. See you next time. Thank you.